Welcome back to Backseat Banter. It is a pleasure today as we have Iggy, I, I believe it's Jake uh, from Iggy Sports Talk. We're going to talk everything you guys need to know about the NFL. We're going to talk about a lot of things going on. The, the AFC is probably the division with the most question marks currently because we just saw a few of the, the Titans fall. But uh, Jake, it's, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. I appreciate you having me on, Jonathan. It, it's it's an honor, and I'm I'm excited to uh, to break into this this NFL stuff because honestly, like, it, from seeing the matchups at least at the start of the week, and then seeing the outcomes. I, I mean, most of these games you you wouldn't be able to predict, mm-hmm. and and I bet most people that like bet on these games, some people either made big money or some people lost a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, we can we can open it up about talking about in my opinion, probably the, the craziest game of the weekend. The Patriots absolutely dominated this uh, the Chargers. Uh, and I believe it was 45 to zero. What are your, what are your thoughts? I know, I know yeah, you're a Patriots nice. fan. So uh, you go ahead and uh, get a little shout, you know, get, give your team a little shout. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so um, as you see behind I mean, we, we got we got the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Uh, and unfortunately, this past year hasn't been uh, really what I'm used to. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, I'm I'm 22 years old, so I've I've honestly gotten the best sports experience, fan wise, in, in my opinion, from from anybody in the last 20 years. Yep. Uh, j- just just in Boston sports, um, I I'm very lucky. I, I don't take it for granted, especially this past year. Um, it's obviously been very weird to see a very different Patriots team on the field um, and a, a lot lower expectations as well. It's, it's honestly been very tough um, just because, like I said, I'm not used to it. Um, but I bet, you know, teams like the Browns, teams like the Lions, you know, Jaguars, th- th- those fans are looking at me like, all right, shut up. You've, you've had six Super Bowls in the last yeah. 20 years. Like, like we, we, we haven't had any. But, I mean, really looking at this season, looking at this game, I think that this uh, really shows that this Patriots team, this season is not over, Th- that this offense is finally starting to pick it up. And it was sort of weird going into the season, not really knowing what the offense was really going to look like. You know, mm-hmm. it's been a very pass-heavy offense for the last 20 years under Tom Brady. In the last five years, they've become a lot more run heavy just because, you know, Tom really hasn't had the protection up front. He hasn't had the quality wide receivers that he's really used to. So we've seen, you know, James White, Sony Michelle, and it's been really cool to see, you know, sort of the molding of this offense really starting to come together. I mean, I mean, you really saw it, especially this past week. I mean, most of the points came from special teams, which was really Mm -hmm. nice. And then that, and that was obviously, uh, very weird to see the Patriots up by like 30 going into <laughs> half. It, that, that, that was a first for me, at least for this year, because mo- most of the time when watching the Patriots games, like I said, we're, we're as Patriots fans, we're not used to seeing our team go three and out, you know, multiple times in the first half and, and you know, be down in the half. Even if, even if, as Patriots fans, the Patriots were down in the half, you know, we, we would always have confidence, you know, Tom's going to bring us back. But there's been multiple times where Cam's come back close to bringing the Patriots back and, and hasn't been able to come up much. But uh, I think it's really cool to see now with Damian Harris, how yeah. he has really 
sort of changed the whole the whole sort of um, the whole sort of offense. I, I mean, I mean, you you saw not not so much this week, but last week mostly. I mean, he he rushed it. There, there was a time where he rushed it like ten times in a row, mm-hmm. and the defense was just not able to stop him whatsoever. But it's it's still the fact of the matter that that the Patriots are in a tough position at the moment. You know, they're. They, they need to go four and zero to make the playoffs. That's, that's the, just the reality of it. And yeah. they're playing the Dolphins. They're playing the Ravens. They're playing uh, the Rams this next week. Uh, that game, that that game, I'm a little bit nervous about. Uh, I, I don't really know how, you know, Cam and the offense is going to be able to deal with that Rams defense. Obviously, it's not up to par as the Rams defense was, you know, three years the past three years. But at the same time, uh, they played really well against the Cardinals, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's something where it. It's, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens in, in that Rams and Patriots game. But it's nice to see, like I said, the offense is finally starting to work. And also, one last point is, is the defense. The defense, I think, has been the most surprising thing out of anything. Just, just from how many analysts were saying that this defense was going to be was going to go worse or go first to worst, you know, it because we lost Fanoi, because we lost Harmon, because we lost all of these very marquee guys. It, I, I was even nervous at the start of the season. But w- with what they were able to do in the draft and really how these guys have been, been able to perform and really sticking to that whole sort of narrative as Patriots fans that, 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 that I've, I've always said to myself to, to you know, ease the anxiety before the uh, – for the week is in Bill we trust because mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is a genius and he's going to find a way to win. Yeah, I mean, you made some really, really strong points about uh, the Patriots' question marks coming into the season. Is Cam Newton even going to start? We saw Jared Stidham get some time in this last game. It was it was really nice to see. But Cam Newton really performed well. He had two uh, rushing touchdowns. And, I mean, his passing numbers weren't there, but that's because the game script didn't wasn't it wasn't necessary for him to throw the ball um, deep or even consistently. They were just dominating on all sides of the the ball. I'm really, really following your point that you're saying the the Patriots. You were blessed with 20 years of of great football and all that. Not only football, you guys have great sports teams that are contenders in several uh, major sports leagues. It's really something special that my boys, yeah, my yeah. boys. <laughs> so it's it's really something cool, you know. I mean, I'm in Miami right now, and as much as I want to complain about the weather, it's it's 60 degrees. I'm sure it's probably way colder by you. But um, no, the, the Patriots really put on a show. They beat the 45-0 to shut out Justin Herbert, really, who's probably rookie of the year, uh, front runner. But maybe Justin Jefferson's in that conversation. Maybe he isn't. But the Patriots really impressed me. You said that they needed a win out to potentially make the playoffs. I believe if they lose one game, they still should be in it. The NFL did add one extra wild card spot this year. So they, they, there is leeway. There is a path for the Patriots. Uh, and if there's any coach that can do it, really, it's, it's Bill Belichick, no doubt. Um, so, 100%. yeah, we can transition that now to talk about the Browns, who are contending for the wild card spot, maybe even the division after the Steelers lose to the Washington football team on Monday night. The Browns are looking 
nice. I don't know if you've tuned into to many Browns games as of late, but this has probably been – I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, so I, I play the Browns two times a year. But any other mm-hmm. real NFL fan that follows any other team that's not in that division probably hasn't really watched the Browns play in in the 2000s because of their lack of ability to make the primetime games. Um, but now that Baker's yeah. putting on a it's, show. It's, it's something where. Go ahead. It's, it's something where with the Browns, it's, it's been, it's been very interesting to watch that team. But like you said, they, they had, I mean, before Baker, I, I think they had over 30, I think they had like 25, 30 quarterbacks that they've had. Um, interestingly enough on the Browns, it, it, it's, it's cool that you're a Steelers fan too. Um, because even as a Patriots fan, I, I'm, I'm a sports fan that is always very interested and fascinated in the teams that are bad. Yeah. And the, the Dolphins, the Dolphins are, are, are a team, like, like you said that you're from Miami, a Dolphin, the Dolphins are a team that I was very interested in on how they were going to rebuild. Um, the Jets are another team that I'm very interested, in, but there's no hope for the Jets. Um, there never is. There's just no hope. And uh, there never is. But but with the Browns, interestingly enough, um, actually, I'm trying to remember the exact year. I, I actually used to be a Browns fan. I like when when they when they the the year before they were 0 16. I started being a Browns fan. I, w- I was very interested in how they were stockpiling the draft picks, how they were really focused on analytics and, and also like, I'm a big, I'm a big baseball fan. And so when I found out that the guy um, who made Moneyball famous in baseball was the head of analytics for the Cleveland Browns, I, w- I was like, I-, I need to see what this guy's doing. I-, I need to see how he is going to help this team, you know, fix what is going on. Mm-hmm. And with the Browns, it, it, it's, it's interesting to see sort of because I, I followed them for the last five years when when they, when they got OBJ and you know they got all that hype for the Super Bowl. That's when I that's when my fandom kind of kind of um, digressed massively because because the the fun of it really really wasn't in it anymore. You, you know everybody thought that this team was going to be good. I found I found it so cool when I was you know with, after they went zero sixteen. And they had three first round picks and two of those first round picks were in the top five and they had a hundred million dollars in cap space. And I thought it was very funny when all my friends were saying, well, why, why do you like the Browns? That, that makes no sense. I'm like, what do you see? Do you see the resources that they have? If, if there is absolutely no way that they do not flip it around when you have the first pick and you have the fourth pick and you have all, over a hundred million dollars in cap space, I, I, I just don't know how you can go wrong. I mean, yeah. the Jets did it. The, the Jets five years ago had a top five pick and had over had over $100 million in cap space, but their owner's an idiot, so that's why. But when you really look at the Browns, it's very interesting to see because their ownership was a big issue as well. Um, Jim Haslam was was clueless. He, he, he needed to – he really needed to keep his hands and everything. He was, he was like the puppeteer of the Browns, and he was just screwing up everything. You know, he was one. He was the guy that wanted to hire Hugh Jackson. He's the guy that wanted to hire Freddie Kitchens, and it, it was it was cool to see him finally think logically. They hired Kevin Stepanski. Mm-hmm. You know, they hired their the, the, actually their general manager right now. I'm blanking on his name, but their general manager right now, who became the youngest general manager, he came from the Eagles. Uh, he actually 
uh, used to be on the Browns or, or in, in the Browns front office when, when they actually, you know, got Jabril Peppers, when, when they got like Miles Garrett, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so it's been cool to see the Browns sort of build up this team, you know, with Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, you know, Baker Mayfield, all, all, the, all these different marquee guys. And it, it, was, it was very disappointing last year when, when none, none of those guys stepped up, when, when nothing was able to mold together. And uh, if I'm being honest with you, um, it's really cool to see Baker finally going into his own. But at, at the start of this year, I, I was very frustrated. I was very frustrated as an NFL fan because I was a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I, I, I was a huge fan of Baker Mayfield um, when, when the Browns drafted him. I honestly would have liked if they drafted Josh Allen and, and your listeners are going to be like, oh, you're just saying that because Josh Allen threw four touchdowns last <laughs> week. No, Josh Allen threw 80 yards like it was nobody's business in the NFL combine. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to throw 80 yards like it doesn't even matter. Only, only Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes does that. So, But with Baker, I mean, look at the weapons he had. How, how do you not succeed? He, yep. I, I mean, they, they add Austin Hooper. They have David Njoku. They have Jarvis Landry. They had OBJ for the first for first few weeks, and it's, it's it's something where when you look at all those weapons, and, and don't don't even don't even mention Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt yep. in the backfield. I mean, give me a break. And hey, you you could you could put you could put a backup quarterback in that system, and he and he would find a way to win a game. But it it was it was something where Baker is finally starting to not let the pressure get to him. Well, it's because w- when you saw what he was doing at the start of the year, he would get very nervous and then just throw the ball and then it would get picked. Yeah, I'm uh, the GM, by the way, Andrew Barry, uh, really, really good GM. He's been giving this team the right path forward. Um, I, I personally, as a Steelers fan, I hate to say it, but I, I believe Baker Mayfield is currently the best quarterback in the division, he, he surpasses Lamar Jackson. He surpasses Ben Roethlisberger. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow went down with an injury this season, but it could have been really nice to see that that division be the, the staple of the quarterbacks of the future. And they, they still are, other than Ben Roethlisberger, who's an old head and, and nearing the latter half of his season on, on uh, uh, apologies, career on his way out. But the Browns are really, really impressing me. I get what you're saying when you're rooting for them when they're not the best team because you're kind of rooting for them to just win a game. And you want to see the quote-unquote process of being the exactly. worst to evolving into the best. And I hope that they, mm-hmm. they find more success than the, Det- the Detroit teams of past that never really found success and have always been stuck in the mediocrity of being one of the worst teams in the NFL consistently. And I, the Browns for sure are on the right path. They have a solid defense. They have an offense that, as you said, you listed the weapons that on paper, probably Unreal. if you, if you put those names on paper with the Kansas city chiefs offense, you'd be like, okay, these two, I'm not saying they're, they're close to the chiefs in any way, but the weapons that they have, they should be there. Um, I don't, I, I, I like the Browns this year. I really do hope that they make the playoffs and they make some splashes. I mean, they could be a dark horse team like Tennessee was last year. And I, I'm sorry to bring that up, but uh, Tennessee did really, quote unquote, end the dynasty. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's something where with the Browns, uh, like like I said, Baker hasn't been throwing interceptions, and and I think that's the biggest thing because, and and there was times even even this past week where I saw flashes of old Baker. You you know, there's times where his decision making makes no sense to me. Uh, I I saw I saw a play and there was a guy wide open in the end zone for five seconds, and I was yelling at the TV, and I'm like. Baker, throw it. He's wide open. It may, the, the, I saw it three separate times last game. And I understand. I understand. He threw four touchdowns, 25 for 33, 334 yards. I get it. But at the same time, when you make those kinds of mistakes, like in those critical uh, situations, like if it was a critical situation and he, and he just completely ignored the guy wide open in the end zone. And on that exact play that I'm explaining, he threw it late and became an interception because he threw it late. And it, it's, it's just something where those that kind of decision-making can hurt them in the end. But the one thing that really makes me nervous about the Browns is, is their defense. I, I mean, when, when you look at this, this past game versus Tennessee, they were up 35 points at halftime. The, the, the ending score was 41 to 35. That should not happen. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Jaguars... 27 to 25. That should not happen to the Jacksonville Jaguars and a third string quarterback and Mike Glennon. That should not happen. Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, one of the worst quarterbacks so far this season. And I'm really excited to talk about him because it's 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 not all him. But with with, with Philadelphia, 22 to 17, you're telling me that a nine and three team is going to come four or five points away from almost losing against Philly? And then, and then when you look at the Jacksonville, two points away from losing to one of the worst teams who's going to get the second round or the, the number two pick in the draft. It's, it's, just, it's just something where when you look at those kinds of numbers and when you get to a point in the playoffs, the, the teams getting close like that, you're, you're going to get killed in the playoffs. If, yeah. if you allow a team to come back in the second half, you're not going to last long in the playoffs. Yeah, that's this kind of the same argument for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who their schedule has been probably one of the most easy schedules in the NFL. They did win 11 straight games, and there is something to say about that. But the, the question there is, did they really do it when it mattered? Did they really play contending teams that they could face in the playoffs? I mean, they did beat the Ravens twice. Uh, the, the second time, uh, it was against basically the Ravens' practice squad because of all the the players were out due to COVID. The first time was a really close game, came down to the last drive. And that's really all the contenders that they've played. So you can you rule out a team's season or success against lesser teams because they haven't done it against the highest level of teams. They haven't beat the Chiefs. They haven't beat these elite teams that if they are legit, they would play in the playoffs and they're beating the, the, the worst teams by just a slight margin. Right. I mean, with the Steelers and, and it's funny now, cause, cause when you bring up the Ravens, when you, when you used to say, Oh, we beat the Ravens, it, you, it, used, it used to be a very exciting thing. You know, you know, a, a very, you know, the Ravens were a very scary team last year. I mean, it, it's, it's obvious Lamar Jackson won the MVP unanimously, but this past year, they're just not the same team. I, I mean, me, me just saying this as a Patriots fan, as much as I, as I love my Patriots, the, the Patriots beat them. I, I mean, that's 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 not that's not so you, you know when 
when, when the Steelers beat them, like, great. That's awesome. They, like, like you said, they beat their practice squad. But listen, a, a team that is barely going to make the playoffs and the Patriots beat the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And, 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 something, and, that, and that was against their full team. But, it, but it's, it's something where with the Steelers, we've just seen it, uh, you know, week after week. The drops have been a massive issue. They have not been able to uh, convert on third downs whatsoever. That has been their biggest issue. And you really saw it against, against the Washington football team. They gave them multiple, multiple opportunities to get back in that game. And on that last play, it's, it's not Roethlisberger's fault. I, I, mean, I mean, obvious. I, I, I think any NFL fan, when they see a tipped interception, you're not going to blame it on the quarterback. That, that was just a very, very, very lucky break for the Washington football team. But when you, I think that this game is going to light a fire under the, under, under the Steelers' butt, and it's really going to get them to be motivated and see that their one loss is against a team who doesn't even have a team name and who has a 36-year-old quarterback who hasn't played since 20, 2018. I'm discounting Alex Alex Smith, but I'm, I'm just speaking the facts. Alex Smith has played unreal, but it's, it's just something where nobody in the entire world thought that the Washington football team was going to beat the Steelers. I, yeah. I, I was rooting for him, and, and when they won, I, I was through the roof. I'm like, oh my, this is crazy. Like, this, this is, what an insane upset, but... It's, it's something where when, with the Steelers, when they're looking at themselves in the mirror, they should be nervous. They should be nervous on how they're going to be able to perform not only in the regular season, mainly in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the question is always up in the air of whether or not they can perform against the elite teams because you look at the, the remaining schedule, the two best teams that they play are the Bills and the Browns, two teams that they could potentially meet in the postseason. But aren't the, the top tier that everybody's going to compare them to. They, they didn't beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They didn't beat the Saints. They didn't beat the Kansas City Chiefs this season. So they, they're discounted as the, the last undefeated team that was in the NFL. And then after this week, you said it uh, earlier they, that it's going to light a spark under them. They hear all that's going on in the, in the social media world. Juju and, and Claypool... Um, are definitely, definitely hearing the criticism. They're on on TikTok a lot and on a bunch of platforms. But the Steelers are going to have something lit under them now, and and they're going to try and get their respect that they did they deserve. I mean, winning eleven straight football games is no easy task, regardless of who you play. Absolutely. So uh, we we can transition that, um, especially especially I, with the guy under center. Hey, go ahead. Like w- when you have a guy who's like 36, 37 under center and you're going 11 and 0 and a guy like Roethlisberger who, who was injured all last season, I, I mean, it, it's very impressive. It really is. But, but when you look at the Browns or uh, when you look at the two, the two good teams that, like you brought up, I had somebody say to me, well, they're, they're playing the Bills next week. So, I, I mean, we're going we're gonna to be back. What are you talking about? You're, you're saying like that. You're saying that like Josh Allen didn't almost just throw 400 yards and he threw four touchdowns. I, I mean, again, against a, a team in the 49ers, I understand their defense isn't what their defense was last year, but I mean, that, that the kid's on fire. Mm-hmm. And, and for you to think that, I understand the Steelers defense is number one. We're top five in the NFL. You just lost to the Washington football team and Alex Smith. Give me a break. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of question marks 
uh, surrounding the team. I know they've had a lot of injuries on the defensive end now. We just lost Bud Dupree due to another ACL injury. We've had Devin Bush at the beginning of the season as well, two key players for that defense. Um, you know it best. I mean, the Patriots uh, aren't the, the team that they had last year. I know a lot of players opted out on the defensive end due to COVID and COVID-related issues, but the team, the team looked last year, the Patriots, like they were the title favorite just because of that defense. And it was expected for the past three years, four years, that the defense would help Tom Brady get to the Super Bowl for, for New England. And I see mm -hmm. some similar, uh, some similarities, maybe even with the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning, when the Denver Broncos defense was elite and what the best in the NFL, no question, they helped Peyton Manning get to the Super Bowl. If the Steelers are going to do that, Ben Roethlisberger needs to perform, obviously, and, and that offense needs to be clicking at, to some level, but the defense really needs to help step up and, and dominate. There's, there's another team that I want to talk about. We can look at the NFC for a little bit, unless you have any closing statements on, on the Steelers or any of that. So can we transition? I was, I was just going to say one, one other uh, team uh, who got, who, whose quarterback got carried by his defense and the running game got carried, carried uh, is the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do squat last year. He, he threw, he threw, he threw uh, six for eight with 70 yards or something like that in the NFC championship. Are, are, you, are you kidding me? And now people are saying that he carried them to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo only threw only threw th over 300 yards three times last year. You're, you're, you're telling me that he carried them to the Super Bowl? Give me a break. Uh, that, that infuriates me. It, yeah. it, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. That's like also saying Jared Goff carried the Rams to the Super Bowl that year where they lost to the Patriots. Um, they, they, that offense was obviously amazing. We were getting to see the brilliance behind their coaching. Um, we, we really never seen a, an electric offense like that. It kind of pioneered the NFL into what it is today. But when they met the Patriots in, in the playoffs, Bill Belichick, you said it yourself, a mastermind coach, he game planned for, for how exactly the Rams would play. He knew the plays that they were going to call before they did. So it's just really interesting to see they, they how far won. defenses can go. The Rams, the Rams should have won Super Bowl 53. I mean, what, what was the final score? It was like the, the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time. It was like 13 to 7. Mm -hmm. 13 to 7. And, and in the first ridiculous. half, it was like 0 to 3. They, they did the majority of the scoring in the second half. Right. There, there's, there's one play that always, that always replays in my mind. And it's the play, it's the play that won, won the game for the Patriots. It was, it was the last drive that, uh, that Jared Goff and the Rams had. And four times, four times Jared Goff threw to the same wide receiver in the same exact place with the same exact best cornerback covering that wide receiver. He threw to Brandon Cooks four times in, in the right side of the end zone. And Brandon Cooks dropped two of those passes. St Stephon Gilmore blocked two of those passes. And it's, it's, it's something where, why, why, why are you going to do the same thing four times in a row in the, in the biggest moment, in the biggest game of the entire season against the best cornerback in the NFL? That, that makes zero sense to me. So it's, it's just the decision-making of Jared Goff 
that 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 really hurt them in that game. But uh, just just with the Rams in general, I just want to say I'm very impressed with how well they've played this past season. They lost a lot of guys, you know, even in the wide receiver department. They've been playing really well offensively, and I think it's really cool that they were able to beat the Cardinals this past week. So, all right, so let's move on to the NFC East because uh, this is a topic that you requested. We spoke about today, and I, I personally have tried avoiding this this conversation on on our podcast because we we kind of joked about it a little bit. Uh, now they're looking better, but at the beginning of the season, this division in itself was kind of garbage, if I want to put it in the best of terms. Um, they were the the leader of the division. I like to to compare it to a, a meme. There's like a gold trash bag on top of a bunch of regular trash bags on top, and it's the golden pile of trash. No, but on a serious note, the NFC East is starting to shape up a little bit. We saw the Giants beat the Seahawks this past week, and the the Washington football team beat the undefeated. Yep, beat the undefeated Steelers too. So this team, this division, uh, in fact, is making some noise. I want to get your thoughts on who potentially can win the division. What teams really stand out? And obviously the quarterback change for Philadelphia, that is probably some of the biggest news that broke this weekend. With the NFC East, like, like you said, it's, it's a topic that I've, I've had fun talking about, but obviously when you predict who the winner is going to be, uh, it's kind of a lose-lose situation because you, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I mean, if, if anybody told me at the start of this past week, uh, that Colt McCoy and the New York Giants were going to beat Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, I, I, I wouldn't have believed you for a second. No way. No way. I still can't believe how good I, – I don't want to say it like that. It's, it's, it's incredible how good the New York Giants' defense has played, but I can't believe that, that the Seahawks let up that, that kind of upset. I, I, think, I think that's embarrassing. And I, I think I think it's just absurd. But in in terms of just the NFC East, I think it's very cool how teams like the Washington Football Team have really been emerging, and especially their defense. I, I mean, I, I think I think with the Giants and the Washington Football Team, their defenses are really going to carry them over the hump, and their offenses just need to really carry the rest of the load. Uh, in in, ter- in terms of in terms of the Eagles. They, they should they should have solidified this this division a long time ago. They they had multiple multiple perfect opportunities to uh, you know re- really separate themselves from from the rest of the crappy teams in the division. And it's it's just the fact of the matter of the offense not not capitalizing. And and it's unfortunate because it's due to one player in Carson Wentz. And 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 he's a guy who. Wow, he's been more scrutinized than I think any other player in the NFL so far this season. Uh, yeah. It's not only obviously because of the city that he plays in, not only with the opportunities and mistakes that he has made, but the price tag on him. It, it's something where when you sign that kind of contract, you're going to have expectations that you're supposed to live up to that contract. But it's not physical for Carson Wentz. I, I don't believe it's physical whatsoever. I think Carson Wentz's issues all stem from up, right up here. He's not mentally there. He His confidence has been destroyed by himself, by the organization, 
And obviously, it's not the coaching staff. It's not. It's not. It's not the organization's fault. The reason why he is playing as bad as he is, but the circumstances that Carson Wentz has been given, I, I, I think it's very difficult for a quarterback to be confident in his ability and a quarterback to be confident in in or feel the confidence uh, or the, feel that his team has confidence in him when his first season, you know, they go seven and nine, not exactly how you want to start off as, as a number two pick. And granted, he's a number two pick. So he already had that pressure going into the league. And then obviously we saw he got injured after going 11 and two to start the season and was playing unreal and got replaced by Nick Foles. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl the next year. He has to walk into that stadium, see a huge uh, statue of Nick Foles, the quarterback that he groomed and in, in, in that he didn't groom him, but he, 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 he tossed the reins to him and he's probably thinking that should be me right there. And then the next season he gets injured. Nick Foles replaces him again. And then this past season, Carson Wentz is probably going into this next season thinking I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to show people that these injuries didn't show anything. And his team decides to draft a quarterback in the second round. And I understand the, team, the Philadelphia Eagles said, we're going to use him as Carson Wentz, you know, or uh, I'm not Carson. We're going to use him as Taysom Hill. You know, he's not going to replace Wentz. You know, there's a reason why we signed Wentz to long-term, but couldn't you have drafted a guy third round, fourth round, fifth round to, to potentially back up Carson Wentz if you were nervous? I mean, I mean, I, I understand the whole fact of of drafting him, but I mean, you got to think about it from Wentz's perspective. He he doesn't feel like he is that that the uh, franchise has any confidence in him whatsoever. And with the Eagles, you know, it's bad when their owner doesn't fly and go to a, a road game. That's what happened two weeks ago. You know, you know that's bad. And so it's 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 the decision making of Carson Wentz. Um, there's been multiple plays where I've seen him underthrow the football when it's a very easy pass and it, it, it's a very easy completion. And he, he just isn't able to really drive the offense down the field. There, there's multiple times where they go three and out. And with Jalen Hurts, I, I, I think that he is the only way that the Eagles get close to making the playoffs. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the pressure that you're stating for a player like Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, it's not easy to, to lead a team uh, to, to an extent to the Super Bowl and watch from the sidelines as the, the Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles, is holding up the trophy and you're all you're in your head the whole time like, man, that should have been me. That should have been me. And then they go ahead this year and, as you said, draft a QB when the team need is definitely help on offense you're not trusting Carson Wentz for the future. You're saying, okay, go out there and fail. We're going to watch you fail. We're not going to help you succeed. We're going to watch you fail and just draft your replacement so you can go play for another team and, and we can we can find success with another quarterback other than you because we don't think you're the future for this team. Like, what? This guy? I, I get the injury concern. I get all of that. But how are you going to throw away your faith in a QB that literally, without him, they probably wouldn't have gotten that Super Bowl championship that they so long desired. So I, I just don't see what the Philadelphia Eagles are really doing. I, I mean, yeah, they should have locked up the division a long time ago. I, they've, they've had several, several occasions where they could have really pushed ahead. But now 
They're sitting at three and eight with both the Giants and the Washington football team tied at five and seven, leading the division. And they're probably not even going to get in. If I'm looking at it right now, the Giants are on a four-game win streak, and the Washington football game, uh, the football team, are on a three-game win streak. These teams are hot all of a sudden. And I, we, we could talk about the Seattle Seahawks as well a little bit right now, if you'd like. They kind of are upsetting me as an NFL fan a lot because I like to use the term fast starters. They got a lot of hype around them in the, in the beginning of the season, but now they're flopping a little bit and, and potentially, I don't want to say it because NF, NFC is so stacked, but they could be on the outside looking in in the playoff race very soon if they keep this up. So going against a team like the Giants, the Seahawks got smoked. They weren't even close to this game, and it was with a backup QB. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Seahawks and the, the Giants really dominating this game? With the Seahawks, I think it's very funny. Um, and the reason I say that because – when you when you hear people at the start of a season, people get so hyped up. I mean, I understand that hasn't been sports due to COVID and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, when you heard how much the analysts and just fans were hyping up this Seahawks team, it was absurd. I mean, it, it's it's I, I get it. Russell Wilson looked like I, looked like a superhuman out there. He he was. I mean, when you looked at what he was doing, he was throwing like thirty five for thirty eight. You know, he was only incompleting like three to two passes, like in, in his first five starts. And it was unreal. It, it, it was a masterpiece. But I, I I was saying to my friends and I was saying to people like who were like, this is he, he's going to be un, uh, MVP 100 percent. You know, they, they, they could go to the Super Bowl. I was saying it's, it's, it's week five, it's week eight. <laughs> oh, just 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 wait to see how this team goes. Let's see how the let's see how the schedule really shows itself, and we start we started to see some massive mistakes out of Russell Wilson. There was a lot of games, not a lot, but there, there was around five. There was around five games where he he had some stupid interceptions that that just didn't make any sense. Uh, the, the, I remember one throw. I was watching it on red zone, and, and he threw a ball in, in triple coverage, and, and and it was in the end zone. And and it just it just didn't look like Russell Wilson. It just you know it just wasn't a Russell Wilson throw. And with the Seahawks, it's weird seeing their defense padded as it is. Yeah. I mean, I I, I remember uh, in 2013 when they played the Pats with um, you know Earl Thomas, uh, the Legion you know, Sherman, of and and it was just uh, it was just unreal. It was scary too. And to see that bad of a loss and like 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 you brought up their backup quarterback and colt mccoy and i was a big fan of colt mccoy back back in texas but that was back in 2010 you know in 2008 something like that i can't remember, I remember those college, days. but i mean what has colt mccoy done what has colt mccoy done in in the nfl he's done nothing and it is it's crazy to see in in, in when you even look at the stats with wayne gowman he put up 163 yards that's that's insane yeah i mean the seahawks are definitely definitely um one of those teams where i'm questioning 
the validity of that team because of the lack of strength that they have on the defensive end. I mean, we could potentially see them. I, I mentioned it earlier. It's not probable. They're eight and four, but we could potentially see them slip out of the playoff race. I know the Rams are tied eight and four at the top of the division currently. Uh, the, the Cardinals are sitting six and six, only two games behind. And they could really make a push if if Kyler Murray shows flashes of, of an MP, MVP season late. Then I'm looking at other divisions. We have the Vikings as well, six and six in the NFC North. And then in the NFC South, the Buccaneers are seven and five, also contending for a playoff spot. So we can't really see any of these NFC Easts, NFC East teams come in and knock them out of a wild card spot. So those are really the teams that could potentially sneak in if the Rams do take the division late in the season and the Seahawks do fall. There is a path for them to choke the season and not make the playoffs. So I really wouldn't like to see that happen. I, I mean, I would love to see Russell Wilson in the playoffs. It's it's a different kind of game when he's playing in the highest level at with the highest stakes. He's one of the best QBs mm -hmm. to do it. Uh, him and Aaron Rodgers um, in in the NFC really. I know we we haven't seen Drew Brees uh, in recent times because of that lung injury that he suffered, but there's teams in the NFC that can really, really contest the Seahawks, and they don't even look like they're division favorites to, to secure that top four seed in the NFC. I think I think one of the most disappointing teams so far, at least for me, uh, is the Arizona Cardinals. And it's very unfortunate, too, uh, because they, they were really going into that – Th th this past season with a lot of hype. Uh, I mean, I mean, they haven't had really anything go well for them in the, in the last five to 10 years. I, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time they were a really good team um, since Kurt Warner or even really when they had uh, Carson Palmer, you, you know, back then. Uh, but to, to see sort of the amount of hype that Kyler Murray had at the start of this season, and, and it was all, it was all deserved hype, but everybody was saying he, he's going to be the MVP. He's an easy MVP candidate. I I, compl I completely agree. I mean, I mean, he had De DeAndre Hopkins. He had Christian Kirk. He's been looking unreal. Obviously, the injury of uh, Kenyon Drake hurt them a little bit during during the start of the season. But I mean, they had Chase Edmonds, who was able to you know take the reins and played really well. But in terms of just in terms of just the Cardinals, it's very unfortunate to see them with six with six losses. Because uh, because when you look at that. I mean, there's not a lot of teams that are six and ten that then make it into the playoffs. You know, you know what I mean. And, they have and, and six. There's, there's been two of those I'm, games. I'm sorry to interrupt you. They have six losses, but three of them have just come in a row. They're on a three-game lose streak. So that is also they were six and three. And, and they were looking from, good. They're all from special team mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all from special team mistakes. I mean, I mean, the, the, the Patriots shouldn't have won that game. I mean, they say it plain and simple. Patriots should not have won that game. Their, their field goal kicker should have made that field goal. There's, there's been three games so far this season where they have lost due to missed field goals. And you just see Kyler Murray on the sideline just frustrated. He, he, he's just like, what, what, more, what more could I have done? Well, I, I'm a big Cardinals guy. And we're looking at those three key mistakes. This team could be sitting at nine and three. That's why I put them in the potential mm -hmm. contenders candidate to take the Seahawks out of the right. playoffs. They could even make the playoffs as well if the Seahawks finish the season strong. There's still a path for the Cardinals 
to mm-hmm. to take as I said earlier in the podcast, take that extra wild card spot that they added this year so that there's only one one team gets a buy the top seed and then there's seven teams total. It's it's really interesting. Right. I I like how that's going to be done and I I truly as you were saying. We I was all on on the podcast with the rest of the backseat banter crew and we were all talking about our MVP dark horse favorites at the beginning of the season. And Kyler Murray was mine. I mean, I, I was all in mm-hmm. on the hype. I He was one of my favorite QBs to watch last year. It was just really exciting. Not to mention I had him in fantasy football as well. But I, I, I'm i just a, a huge Kyler guy. And I, I respect the hype. I respect his game. And I, you, you say three key plays uh, changed the, the win column and the loss column for them. They also got that Hail Mary with DeAndre Hopkins, which was probably one of the, the luckiest yeah. plays. I mean, it's it's DeAndre Hopkins. You can't really say it's luck, but a Hail Mary is always luck in, in a sense. You, you you throw it up and, and you, you're praying it lands in your team's hands. That's, so the Cardinals, for me, are, are a dark horse team to, to get into the playoffs. You, you said it yourself. The key mistakes cost them three games, and Kyler's like, what more can I do? He... He mm-hmm. can he can do more in a sense. I feel like he might step up and take that next jump to say, regardless of what they do, I'm gonna go out and blow out whoever I'm playing. It's hard to do in, in a an NFL game, but that air raid offense, as you said, they have key players like DeAndre Hopkins, like Christian Kerr, Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, a living legend on the field too, helping set up, run the ball to, to snap it quick so they can get a quick spike, save a few seconds. He's making crazy plays for that team. I'm a huge fan of the Cardinals, and I want to see them succeed. If they do make the playoffs, it's it's a must-watch game. You're not going to tune in. You're not going to not tune in to Kyler Murray in the playoffs. It's, it's just absurd. I can completely agree with you uh they, they, they're definitely a very fun team to watch uh and another team that you brought up uh in in the buccaneers is going to be another team that is going to be very interesting to see down down the line um my my boy tom brady um still breaks my heart on honestly and, and he, I, I it's very difficult for me to watch buccaneers games uh I, when, when i see him in that jersey I, I it's just very difficult for me um but it's it's really interesting to see they're another team i am in my opinion, they're one of the most disappointing teams uh, in the NFL so far this this season. Uh, you know, the offense just hasn't capitalized. And there's a lot of times where it's Brady's fault. And I, I don't remember the exact stat, but th- there was there's a stat that I saw on ESPN and he was uh, he was leading the league in missed throws. And it's also the issue with Bruce Arians. You know, you know, he's not catering to Brady's offense. You know, they they barely they barely do play action offense. Mm-hmm. If, if you've watched Brady the last 20 years, the reason he is successful is because you run the play action offense. And it's crazy to think if you looked at this team five years ago with Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, oh my gosh, that unreal. And, and ju- just as an NFL looking in with that defense as well, they should not have five losses. They should not have lost to the Bears. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on some of the other team, some of the other upsets that, that they've lost. Awful. In uh, in, it's it's just something where when you look at how much height that team had going in, and even like like I said with with, with the Seahawks, 
everybody was saying that the that the Buccaneers were a Super Bowl team. And I get it. They look good on paper. They looked good when, when Brady and the offense was starting to work because they have a pro bowl kind of offense. I, I mean, the play the players on that offense are unreal. And yeah. they're just not capitalizing. But it's going to be interesting to see how far they do go into the playoffs. I could see the Buccaneers having a massive, uh, you know, letdown in, in the playoffs. And I, I could see them losing bad to a team um, when most people think that, that they could win the Super Bowl. I, I, I just think it's, it's going to be very tough for them. Yeah, their losses actually came two to the Saints. They lost convincingly last time to the Saints, 38 to three. They lost to the Rams and they lost to the Chiefs as well. Uh, along with Chicago, which is a game that they should not have lost. Yeah. This team, they they have lost to really tough competition. I'm not going to lie. You lose to the Chiefs and the Saints twice who have won nine straight games. Right. It's not – you're like, okay, you can't discount the losses because they are losses, but they are tough ones. And the Rams are sitting at the top of the division too. They're, they're on a, a two-game losing streak here. And I'm looking at what can Tampa do potentially – to get out of this slump and be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that they should be. I mean, you look at probably the greatest of all time quarterback under center with, if not one of the most dominant wide receiver duos in the NFL, they're up there. And you're, you're, you're talking about Leonard Fournette. They don't even use him. They use Ronald Jones Mm -hmm. for the majority of the game. I mean, no, no discount to Ronald Jones. He's really good running back. But you have Leonard Fournette, who's a, a top four pick in the NFL draft and one of my favorite running backs in the NFL. I when I, when they cut when the Jacksonville Jaguars cut him, I was like, oh, he's not going to find success anywhere because every team already has an established running back and he's just going to be second to them. And that's exactly what's happening. He's he's wasting his his third down back role on a team that doesn't need him. He's just. Bought into the hype. He was like, oh, they got Tom Brady. Oh, they got all these weapons. I'm just going to get plug and played into a system that should automatically work. And it hasn't. They're 7-5. and five. They're on the outside looking in. And really disappointed a lot of people this season. And I know it must be difficult for you. If, if Ben Roethlisberger suited up for another team, I wouldn't be able to watch them. It would give me like a gut-wrenching feeling to see the quarterback that I grew up with play somewhere else. It just, it wouldn't click for me until it happened. I'm sorry for you that it happened. I would have loved to see Tom Brady retire a New England Patriot. Let me paint the picture for you of of what the Buccaneers, let me me paint the picture for you of what it would look like as a Steelers fan um, now um, for like a a Patriots fan of, of what it looks like with the Buccaneers. Think about if Heinz Ward and Ben Roethlisberger were on the same team and we're on, like, the Bears. Think about if Ben Roethlisberger and Heinz Ward were wearing a Bears jersey. That's what it feels like when Brady throws a touchdown to Gronk. It, 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 makes, me, it makes me very, very upset. You, you know, just, just, just thinking about, like, Super Bowl 51, that's the greatest game I've ever seen in my entire life, and just what Tom brought to New England and how he realistically, both, both of them, all they really did is give a very basic press release and say thanks for the last 20 years uh new england see ya i'm, I'm, I'm gonna go down but um and and i, I wish them all the best and and obvi- obviously it's it's 
it's upsetting to see how things aren't performing well for him. And it's also very funny because because it's it's what he deserves. It's it's honestly what he deserves. You know, he he thought he can go to Bruce Arians and Bruce Arians an offensive mind is is going to is going to be better than the greatest coach, um, one of the greatest coaches who who have ever coached in the game, Bill Belichick. That that just it just doesn't correlate to me. And with that with that Saints game, uh, it, it was very it was very interesting to watch Tom Brady. That was the worst game I've ever seen him play in my entire life. I've never seen Tom Brady play that bad. He was not able to complete a pass for his life, and it was sad for his fan to see when he forgot what down it was. It it, do, it doesn't show his like. I know everybody's like, oh, he's forty three. His age is getting to him. No, it's that's how it is. It's it's be, it's because the offense isn't organized and the coaching staff didn't help him out and he was he was he was in a tough position but it's it's interesting to see this buccaneers team um because like you said there was so much hype going in and it's interesting to see how how also hyped up you know i bet he was kind of he he was very excited season and kind of to show everybody he's he's Bill, Bill didn't make him, and I, I hate I hate that debate more than anything. The Belichick and Brady debate because it, it does not it's not a fair comparison this season. You brought it up on paper. They have Chris Godwin, they have Mike Evans, they have Brown, they have Leonard Fournette, they have Ronald. That's, that's freaking insane. And when you look at the Patriots, what did they have? You even brought it up earlier. The Patriots had ten opt outs this season. That, out of any team in the NFL, every other team had less than five opt-outs. The Patriots had 10. The Patriots also statistically at the start of this had the hardest schedule to start the season. Also, they had the most free agents leave in the offseason. And then also they had a offense for the first time in 20 years. If, if, if a team wasn't set up worse than anybody in the NFL, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what. What you're looking at? I mean, they're also sitting at six and six, looking primed to take one of those wild card spots. It, it could be something really nice. Well, we know they have to battle at, battle it out with teams like Miami and Cleveland for those wild card spots. But if they can push for that, I I know when we're looking at Tom Brady, we we say on paper that offense should be elite. It should be in the conversation. We said that about the Browns, and they're sitting at nine and three with a QB that's Baker Mayfield and not Tom Brady. So he has the weapons. He's performing in Cleveland. Why isn't Tom Brady performing the way we we are accustomed to Tom Brady? And I, I know you don't like the debate, but Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And when you when you go from the greatest coach, the greatest system built around you to a new system that you're not familiar or comfortable with, it's a it's a shock. I mean, you have to learn a whole new playbook that you you haven't done that in 20 years. They might have added a few plays and then changed up the, the plays every every season, but it's basically the same system. You were talking about the play action pass and and establishing the run game, having a good defense to build and win those games. They, he won the games as a team. Now the weight is on his shoulders to win that game, win games as Tom Brady. It's not the Patriots, and it's not the Buccaneers. It's Tom Brady has to go out and perform. That pressure, he's never – I mean, he's had it a little bit in a sense of 
being the greatest quarterback of all time and being the most um, winning quarterback of all time in a sense of the Super Bowls, Tom Brady has never really had the pressure of carrying the, the future of a franchise as much as he does with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if that makes a little sense or I'm wording it in the best way possible, but you understand what I'm saying that he's, he is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rather than the Patriots were the Patriots way, Bill Belichick, the defense, the, the run game. Um, It's, it's Tom Brady's team right now. And I don't know if he was ready to take on that role at such an old age. Well, the thing with the thing with the situation in Tampa compared to new England and, and as a Patriots fan, I, I've seen it for the last two years. His biggest issue is that he did not have a good offensive line and he had no weapons to throw to. Just the fact of the matter. And that, that was one of the biggest issues with their offense the last two years because it, it was it was embarrassing to watch when when Tom Brady w- was on the Patriots last year. You, you know, he, he, was, he wasn't the same quarterback because he had barely any time to throw the football. And then when he did throw the football, because he had that lack of time, it might have been off line or his his wide receivers weren't able to catch the football or his wide receivers did not get there when he expected them to because they're inexperienced you know you know you had Jacoby Myers you had Nikhil Harry two rookie wide receivers that were trying to learn the system of the greatest quarterback of all time but it's interesting because when you looked at the Buccaneers this past year I mean we've brought up the weapons we haven't brought up the offensive line their, their offensive line they added a few guys in free agency. They added a few guys in, in the draft. And, and looking at the offensive line at the start of the season, they, they had one of the looked like one of the best protections in the league. And so when you, when you looked at the two things that were really hindering Tom Brady's performance the last two years with the Patriots, I said it was, it was weapons and it was the offensive line. So 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 what's the issue now? Ex- explain it to me. You you have everything that you have asked for the in the entire world, and it's just not working. And the one thing. I, I agree with you. It's it's Tom Brady's it's Tom Brady's mistakes, but I think it, I think it also goes with uh, with Bruce Arians as well. So it's something where I, I don't I don't think he's really conforming to like I said the whole play action sort of Tom Brady offense. He he's, he doesn't fully understand uh, how to really utilize his quarterback, which is an issue. And they've played they've played twelve games so far. You got to figure it out at some point. And and it's it's something where I think I think it's really going to hurt them at the at at, at the uh, end of the day this season. We'll see if next season they're really able to figure it out. Uh, but one thing that will be really interesting to see is after these two years, what's going to happen to Tom? Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked one move that the Buccaneers made. It was very underrated. They signed they signed Josh Rosen to the practice squad team. No nobody nobody remembers Josh Rosen. Remember he was a number ten pick for the yep. Arizona Cardinals three or four years ago, and he, and he was saying, I should be the number two pick, and everybody thought he was going to, going to go to the Giants, and he, he's really gotten the, the crappy end of the stick. I, I mean, can't evaluate a quarterback like that when you put him on a team like the Arizona Cardinals, worse in the league, and then the Dolphins, worse in the league again. And so I think it's going to be really cool to see what happens after Tom leaves, but when, when the Buccaneers do have Tom, they, they need to utilize him. I mean, they got the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, they're wasting his time, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so what are your thoughts? We're, we're looking at Tom Brady down the road now. When he is ready to retire, what are your thoughts as a Patriots fan if they do sign him to, like, a one-day deal 
or or something like that so he can retire a patriot because that's that's to me how his story should end back in the franchise where it all happened but what is that is that like betrayal almost in your eyes like how did how would that look if it if it did happen how would that make you feel and how would that look on the patriots as well i would have mixed feelings um i i it it, it's, some, it's something where if he put on a Patriots jersey again, I would have thought, what, what happened in the last two years? Why, 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 what happened? Why, why, why hasn't it been on in the last two years? And why, after 20 years, after a city, a franchise, and a whole region poured their heart and soul into loving you and, and, and praising you as a person and a quarterback, you're, you're, you're just going to wait until the start of free agency post something on Twitter and say, thanks for, thanks for the 20 years. See you guys later. I'll, 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 I'll see you on the other side. I, I, that doesn't, that doesn't rub well with me. Uh, and I understand he walked out of that Titans game, very frustrated with what was going on, but you were at home. You, you were at Foxborough. There, there was thousands of fans cheering you on and you couldn't have taken the time when everybody knew that you were a free agent to just stand there and wave, you know, just just salute the fans and 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 and, and anything like that. It it just really hurt me how how we left. It it really did. Um, because I always, the, the the biggest thing that makes me you know really happy when I think about Tom Brady is is when he won that game in Super Bowl Fifty One and his speech. Because at the end of his speech, you could just feel the passion, and he yelled. We're bringing this sucker home. It that as a Patriots fan, you just get hyped. You're like, let's win it again next year. Let's get it, Tom. And uh, I, I don't know. I I, I think I will. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I think it's meant to happen, like you said. But anytime I talk to anybody in New England, they they just say it doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. And he he it it's 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 sad that. Um, you know he's he's not essentially going to retire as a patriot if he if he continues with the buccaneers and that's how he retires and that's how he wants to end his career great but i think i think i think a lot of patriots and new england fans are going to feel how i feel if he comes back it it just rubbed them the wrong way especially how he did it yeah i mean tom brady is going to go down as the greatest of all time we may see another player in patrick patrick mahomes I don't know if you like this uh, conversation or not, but Patrick Mahomes is mm-hmm. primed, if healthy, if, if remaining healthy, in his first season as the starter wins MVP, second season as the starter wins the Super Bowl. I mean, this guy is primed for one of the greatest careers we've seen in the NFL, and it's flashier. It's not the way Tom Brady did it as a team. It's really the Patrick Mahomes effect. You, you do something – the social media world will blow up. Even if you do a little sidearm pass or a no look this way, you're going to break the internet regardless of what you do. Patrick Mahomes is a player that with the younger generation of football is very marketable because of how crazy he is. And we see a lot of the the bandwagon fans Mm -hmm. shifting towards Kansas City because after signing that ridiculous contract, half a billion dollars, they are set for the foreseeable future with the league's best quarterback currently as as we stand the the comparison 
to Tom Brady will always be there because Tom Brady is the GOAT. And Patrick Mahomes can establish himself to a sense as, as one of the greatest QBs of all time. I know there's very great QBs of old, like uh, the, the Montanas and all of them, but we don't see players like Patrick Mahomes. He's that one of a kind. He's like the LeBron James effect in the NFL where you come in and, and you're supposed to take the league by storm. You're the passing of the torch from, from Michael Jordan to LeBron is from like Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes. And there's always going to be that comparison of can Patrick Mahomes be better than Brady? And if, if healthy, I really think that, that it's pretty much a probability rather than a possibility for Mahomes to have one of the most established careers in NFL history. I, I got to completely agree with you. When, when I look at Patrick Mahomes, um, he he's in the very same category as Aaron Rodgers for me. He is undoubtedly the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play football. Um, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady is the clutchest quarterback of all time. But when you just look at what both Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are able to do, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers at 37 years old, there's not a lot of quarterbacks uh, other than Mahomes and Rodgers where you're able to see a guy throw across his body and have it be a bullet and just right on the line. There's just not, there's not a lot of guys who can do that. And especially with how, the, how they're both able to throw the ball 60, 50 yards with, with, without even trying and is right on the money. I, I've, I've never seen a quarterback do that um, as consistently as both of those quarterbacks are able to. Uh, and I, I, th I think it brings up a discussion as well with, with the MVP race. I, I, I pick Aaron Rodgers because with the band that Patrick Mahomes has around him, they, they help a lot. But at the same time, at, at, at the same time, I think that uh, with Tariq Hill, with Travis Kelsey, with Sammy Watkins, with all those guys around him, they help. But they, they don't they don't purely uh, define the talent that Patrick Mahomes has. Um, you brought up. You know, there, there's a lot of times where he has those no look passes where the play is never dead with him. You know, I, I saw I saw a play last week and he he was running out of bounds and there was a guy there's a there's a wide receiver of ten yards uh, forward of him and he he was standing right before right before the uh, out of bounds line and Patty just slinged it right over there and then fell out of bounds and the guy was able to get it with his tippy toes in and i just shook my head i had to stop and shook my head i'm like i've never seen a quarterback this talented i've never i've never seen anybody like it and the one thing with patrick mahomes that is very similar to tom brady is the game is never over i, I mean you saw it perfectly when the patriots played the chiefs in the afc championship patrick mahomes rushed down the field. I think he had a minute, a minute 30, something like that. He rushed down the field and got like 80 yards in a snap of a finger. And the, 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 kid, the kid's 24, yeah. 23, 24. Are you, are you kidding me right now? And, and if they're able to keep that band together with Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill, they're, they're, they're going to win multiple Super Bowls. It's, it's, you're going to see a lot of these records and we're already starting to see it. I think, I think they, I just saw a, um, a stat. This is their sixth playoff berth in a row. You're going to see a lot of things like we saw with the Patriots where they had like 17 
17 years in a row where they got the AFC championship, you know, like 15 years in a row where they made the playoffs consecutively. Like we're, we're going to see that with the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, and it's cool to see Andy Reid finally getting the offensive recognition and, 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 fi- and finally, and finally, uh, you know, having success. We, we, we saw him with the Cowboys didn't really work out too well. And, um, you know, we, we, we saw him with, with a few other teams and, and it wasn't really able to mold, but with Patrick Mahomes, um, I, I think no, no play, no game is ever over. And I won't be surprised if down the line, we see another Super Bowl 51, not to the magnitude. I, I don't think another team is going to be able to come back from 28 to three at halftime. That, that was just magical. But if, the, if anybody can do it, it's Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, two, two of, for me, the leading MVP candidates with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson falling back a little bit. Definitely uh, Aaron Rodgers is the front runner as it stands just because of how individual his performance has been uh, with, with, I mean, Aaron Jones has been playing amazing, but that run game has been suspect of, of recent and he's just been able to create his own plays whenever they need to. And he's been doing that his entire career. I mean, he's, he's a, a living legend. So I, I'm really excited to see, if we do get a, a Chiefs Packers matchup in the Super Bowl, that would be a blessed matchup of two elite QBs going at each other. Um, I, it would be one of the ages to watch, you know, one of the older QBs in the league versus one of the younger and more talented younger QBs in the league. So I'm really excited for the future of the NFL. Before we wrap up, um, is there anything you would like to plug? Anything you would like to tell the viewers listening about your show? about what you're doing, about what you've got going on. Go, go ahead and, and let the world know. Absolutely. I appreciate it. So uh, as John uh, brought, brought up at the, at, the, at the start of the podcast, um, I host a podcast called Iggy Sports Talk. Uh, essentially, I, I post every single week. Um, I talk about MLB, NFL, NBA, sort of the biggest topics. But what I've been doing lately is I've, I've really tried to have a lot of uh, different former football football players, former MLB players, people with different stories. One of the biggest things that I try to promote on Iggy Sports Talk is sort of looking into deeper parts of different people's stories. It it doesn't matter if they played in the MLB, NFL, or just if they're a sports reporter. Uh, Really understanding what lies uh, underneath, you know, all the working hard, all the determination, and sort of hearing fully their story. And I've, I've gotten to talk to some pretty cool people where I not only talk about their story in the MLB, but also talk about, you know, people that they've played for. Um, a podcast that I have coming out next week, I just talked to uh, Reggie Walker, and him and I talked about uh, him playing with Philip Rivers, him playing with Peyton Manning, him playing with Kurt Warner. And it was just really interesting to, you know, hear a person really explain their experience with these players that I looked up watching and, and I've really looked up to. And so... On Iggy Sports Talk, I, I post almost every single day uh, on Instagram. It's Aggies, Iggy Sports Talk. Same thing with my Twitter. Same thing with my TikTok. Uh, but I really try to, you know, promote this unique perspective on sports news. You know, ESPN always gives you the plain view. You know, the the, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be great this year. Yeah, no crap. They have Kyrie Irving and they have Kevin Durant. But why are they going to be great? What players do they have around them? And sort of what I try to do on Iggy Sports Talk is also look at sort of what have teams done in the past. So sort of what we talked about in this podcast with the Browns, 
Why have they succeeded so well this season? Well, it's because they drafted well the past five years. It's because they signed this person, this person, and this person. It's because they uh, put all these coaches around Baker Mayfield who actually know what they're doing. And ESPN, in my opinion, and in, uh, in some of these other um, big publications don't really get down to the deep parts of the story. And so on Iggy Sports Talk, that's what I really try to do. I really try to give the full perspective and sort of a unique perspective uh, on sports news. Uh, so if you want to go over, like I said, it's at Iggy Sports Talk, and I'd really appreciate any support that you guys can give. Yeah, make sure to go check his uh, pages out. Make sure to subscribe to his podcast on uh, where your preferred streaming service. I, I believe you are on Spotify and some other uh, streaming services as well. So yep. go, go look at where you're streaming some podcasts and make sure to subscribe. I personally tune in quite often when, when I see uh, some cool episodes go around and it's quite often that you have some, some pretty esteemed guests or, or some pretty cool episodes or topics to go over. So make sure to go do that. Make sure to follow him on Instagram. Make sure to follow us backseat banter on Instagram too at backseat.banter and on Twitter at BB pod official. Uh, this has been a great talk and I, I hope we can do this again in the near future, we, we had some really cool conversations and conversations evolved as, as we got into it, which is always a great thing when your mind just speaks freely. Um, this has been a great, great episode. Uh, you're going to be seeing some, some clips on our YouTube channel. So make sure to go check out our YouTube channel, Backseat Banter. Uh, we're going to come at you guys stronger than ever at the end of 2020 and build an empire in 2021. So make sure to stay uh, following us and click that bell on YouTube for more content in the future. Thank you so much, Jake Iggy from Iggy Sports Talk. It's been a pleasure. Um, it's been a great episode. Backseat banter out.